Welcome to the Winning Well Black Podcast, where we interview people who have cracked the code to success and are giving back by sharing their step-by-step guide to winning. Hi, hello, how are you? My name is Cassandra Wilson, the host of the Winning Well Black Podcast. On today's episode, we have Gil, aka the Tech G. Gil is a former active duty member with the United States Army, where he served two deployments to the Middle East. He has over 13 years of experience as an IT professional. He has a bachelor's of of science degree in applied sciences and a master's degree in information technology. Gil also holds an MBA. Gil is here today to share with us information regarding how one might enter the IT field. Gil, the Tech G, thank you for joining us today. Today, we're going to be discussing uh, how one can enter the tech field, and Gail is going to be sharing some information with us on exactly how you might be able to do that. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yes. Now, so I had discussed your background a little bit in the intro, but there are a number of ways for you to enter into the tech field, and I find yours particularly interesting because you came, came into this area through the military You had previous schooling experience, but it was really the military that really got you started on your journey. Yes, that's correct. Um, Yeah, I went to college to be an aerospace engineer at Tuskegee University. So that's what I started as and then ended up switching my major to applied science. And I took um, I ended up taking a computer class in college, but I really like kind of halfway paid attention to it and didn't think twice about it. And then I ended up going into the Army in 2002, and um, initially I was going to go into the infantry, but my uncle who was in, he talked me out of joining the infantry and told me to pick a career that would allow for me to have a life after the military. So I ended up going into the tech field in the Army, and that's how I really got introduced to IT, and I did that for 13 years on active duty, and then I've, I've been out the Army for about five years now. So that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing for the last 18 years. Okay. Now I'm just going to go back to what your uncle said, because I think it's important, not just for people who are entering into the tech field, but people who are entering like any type of profession. It's really good for you to get something if you're coming out of the army that is evergreen, that you can use after the fact that you, when you're done, the military is it not. And the military does provide you that opportunity to do a range of different uh, professions, as long as you go into it, like seeking that out. Yeah. Initially, it really depends on what do you want to do with your life? Like me, prior to going into the military, I already had somewhat of a STEM background. Like I said, I did engine. I was an engineering student in college. So I'm not going to sit here and just totally discredit like people who go into the infantry because I've known a lot of people who went to the infantry that had stellar backgrounds, but they just wanted to go into the infantry. And then there are some people who go into the infantry and then they get out and they do all kind of wonderful things with everything from security details to where they're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, just all types of opportunities. My thing was I wanted to join the infantry initially because I just want to be all I can be. It was after 9-11. I want to go kick in doors, just shoot bullets all over the place and, and just live out my wildest John Rambo fantasy. And I wasn't thinking about my life 
in the future. I was just living in the moment, you know? So, but my uncle, he was in the army and he told me, he was like, yeah, you can go do that or you can go do this and then kind of set yourself up for other things later since you're already technically inclined more so than a lot of other people who are coming into the military. So I took his advice and then I went and got into the uh, tech field and, you know, I've, you know, from there, I just, you know, tried to excel at tech, you know, to the best of my abilities at what I was allowed to do in the military. You are limited in some capacities compared to that of your civilian counterparts. So. Okay. So you did two tours in the, the Middle East. You were done with the military and then what happened? I got out in November of 2015 is when I actually got out the army after 13 years. I actually got medically separated due to injuries I had racked up, uh, which initially stemmed from when I was jumping out of airplanes back in the day. And so I got out. After I got out, I went back to school full time using my GI Bill to get my master's degree in information technology. And then after I finished that, I went back and got my MBA. So I didn't work for the first probably 18 months after I got out because, you know, I had stacked up enough money to where I could afford not to work. And then I ended up selling my house in Georgia and then moving back to Florida. And then I was fortunate enough that my parents had bought a brand new house, but they still own their old house. So I moved into their old house and that saved me all types of money, which allowed for me to continue to go to school and finish up my degrees. Um, but then after I got my degrees, I went out there and I went and found another job. So I ended up becoming like a, a researcher for a company where I did a lot of IT research for Fortune 500 companies. We would do like these deep dive, super analytical research into all the various IT products that they use because the, the overall goal was to try to figure out how to help these companies save money or reinvest money, you know, depending upon what IT products they have. I was the guy who was tasked with researching this stuff. So they might give me a list of like a hundred products. I got to go in there and become like a subject matter expert on all these IT products about what they can and can't do, yada, 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 to the point where I knew more about this stuff than probably some of the people who actually developed the program. And, um, but that wouldn't be possible if I didn't have an extensive history in IT where I was doing a variety of different roles in IT. And then, um, so I did that for about a year and I got kind of burnt out. Then I went on to, uh, become a teacher, do stuff through my YouTube channel. And I'm also in the process of maybe start up like a, like a nonprofit to where I can pour my energies into like underprivileged kids, i.e. black children that don't have access to all this technology and try to go about trying to figure out how I can reach out and teach these young kids and, you know, grown people as well. Entry-level IT because, you know, the world we live in, eventually you're going to have to learn this stuff in some capacity if you want to remain competitive and just have skills that are transferable as this economy continually shifts to becoming more and more online and, you know, just more overall technologically advanced. Wow. So a lot of what you said there, we're going to have to unpack because first of all, what I heard you say is when you started out, you started out in research. A lot of people, when they think about the tech field, they're always thinking about coding. 
that's not all that that involves, right? There's a lot of different areas that one might be able to uh, be involved in. Well, I didn't start off IT doing research. So I started off in the army doing IT. So I started off doing entry-level help desk stuff, resetting user, resetting passwords, creating user accounts, plugging in network cables. I did that. And then I transitioned to doing other things that had to deal with routers and switches, programming them to where, you know, basically I worked on the network. I was a system admin administrator at one point. I was a service desk supervisor at one point. I used to work with the NSA, the National Security Agency. I did all this in the Army. And so, you know, I did some, and I also taught when I was in the Army. I taught for uh, about four years when I was in the military. So that's when I actually started officially teaching IT. When I got out the Army and after I went back to graduate school to get my two graduate degrees, that's when I transitioned to doing IT research. And then after that, I went back to, decided to go back to teaching IT. But there, uh, the, the, to address your question, there are a lot of different ways you can go, you can enter IT, just like you said, if you want to become a coder, um, they have a, they have their somewhat quote unquote traditional paths that they go through to learn coding. You can go to college for that, or you can go to a boot camp or teach yourself. It really depends upon what you want to do. Or you can just do what I believe is the easiest route to get into IT is just working, starting at a help desk and then working your way up. But it really depends upon what you want to do. And then that's going to ultimately help, not necessarily dictate, but help open up the path to how you should consider going about entering IT. Now, let's talk about uh, the the entry level way that you've been discussing. Uh, What would one need to... What background would one need to have before they might be able to enter into that field? So when I say, when I specifically talk about entry-level IT, I'm talking about it strictly from the standpoint of somebody starting at the help desk and then working their way up. Um, Other people, they might talk about it from the standpoint of becoming a computer programmer or a coder. They have their own way of doing things. And others might talk about it from the standpoint of getting a, going to college and becoming a computer engineer, computer scientist, you know, stuff like that. From my perspective, if you want to get into IT, there really is no requirements, uh, meaning you don't, you don't need a college degree to do it, especially if you're coming in through the help desk route. You don't need a college degree. You don't, you don't, even, you don't have to have really any understanding of computers other than you know what one looks like when you see it and you know how to hit the power button. If you, if you understand what a computer is and where the power button is, that's pretty much all you need to understand in order for you to try to get going in terms of sparking an interest to want to know, well, how does all this actually work? And so that's when we start talking about certain IT certifications. And there are four IT certifications that I always recommend to people. So the first one is it's called IT Fundamentals. This is the bare bones starting point for a person that I always recommend they start with if they know absolutely nothing about a computer other than how to hit the power button and go watch a YouTube video. This is going to teach you all the basic elementary concepts and terminology that pertain to the world of computers and basic networking and basic computer security. You're not going to get super in deep. in detail with this thing, 
They just want to introduce you to these concepts. After that, I would tell people to go take a certification called A+. That's where they're going to teach you about the ins and outs of a computer from the hardware and the software standpoint. Now, there's a little caveat. If you do know a little something about computers, you you tinker on them here and there, then I would tell people to start with the A-plus certification and just totally skip the the IT fundamentals. And after that, there's a certification called Network Plus. Um, I I would take all of these in the order that I'm saying it, but you would take Network Plus. That's going to teach you basic um, networking concepts on on how computers talk to each other, how they communicate with the internet, how email is sent. It's going to help give you a basic understanding of that. And then the final certification would be one that's called Security Plus. That's going to teach you basic security concepts surrounding protecting your computer, protecting your network, and also how to train employees on how to recognize dangerous emails that might have links in them that they don't need to be clicking, which could open up you know, potentially spread viruses and malware and things of that nature. So IT fundamentals, A plus, net plus, and security plus. Those are the four certs I I always tell people to start with. They're going to give you all your basic knowledge and information that you will need to hopefully successfully go out there and get your first job in IT. Right. One of the things that I'm concerned about is the expense of education and it perhaps being a barrier for somebody entering this field. Now, I'm not against somebody going to college and getting a computer sciences degree, but can you speak to whether or not all those courses that you had just outlined, how costly they may be and how um, maybe like cost prohibitive it may be for somebody trying to enter into that field? So if you were to go get the A+, plus, no, the, the IT fundamentals, the A+, plus, the Net+, plus, the Security+, plus, you wouldn't bought all the vouchers and you went and bought all the course material, you know, whether you paid for a course for somebody or you went and bought your own books or however, you, whatever materials you need to help you get prepared for those tests. Let's just the grand total that you'll probably be looking to spend. I'm talking about maximum. You shouldn't be spending no more than roughly $2,000. Now, how much does it cost to get a college degree? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what, back when I was going to Tuskegee University, it cost $16,000 a year to go to school there. I don't know what it is now because that was like 20 years ago, but I, I imagine it's probably 20000 plus per year. So let's just say, let's just say college costs $20,000 and the average college student goes there for five years. You're looking at $100,000 and, you know, assuming you don't have a scholarship, you're looking at $100,000 to get a piece of paper that says you have a college degree, and I go out there and start your life. And like I say, assuming you got student debt, you know, <laughs> you're going to be, you know, I got, I got a younger brother now, he's 36. He's content with the idea that he's going to go to his grave paying student debt. He graduated college like 10 years ago or something like that. But getting back to the IT thing, like I say, the certifications, the study materials, grand total, if, especially if you were to do this on your own, You'll be looking at like probably two grand at most. Now, there are ways to lessen the price, meaning some certifications. If you have like a a student email address, meaning your name at whatever college.edu, 
Uh, you go to CompTIA, the, I think they'll give you upwards of like 50% off the price of these vouchers to get your, to, to go take your certification exam. Study materials, meaning you're buying books or you're signing up for courses, that can vary. It just, it just depends on how much the author or the person that's offering the course is charging. For me, these, these first four courses, people think I'm crazy, but I actually teach it for free over the internet give everybody the course material, I just charge for the study note. And I charge like $50 for people to get access to my notes. Now, I got a friend that I used to work with in the RE who teaches IT. He, he doesn't give any of the stuff away for free. You're going to pay a couple hundred dollars to take his stuff. But at the same time, you know, he's, he, he knows the stuff. So I know we, we used to work together at the same schoolhouse. So I know he knows what he's talking about. But we just have two different business models that we're approaching it from. But all in all, you know, if you can afford a $2,000 investment, and I understand that's not something that you have to pay up front, you can go take the IT fundamental certification. That costs $123, right? If you want to go get A plus a year, a year from now, or you want to go get it next week, that's totally up to you how you want to do it. Or if you want to go sign up for a tech college, you want to go sign up for a boot camp? All you you know, you have a plethora of options, but overall, compared to traditional education, you're still coming out tens of thousands of dollars cheaper. Because, like I said, a traditional college, it, let's just say it costs ten thousand. You go there for five years, you're looking at fifty thousand dollars. That's still forty eight thousand dollars more expensive than the two thousand dollars that it might take you to buy all the materials to study for these uh, certifications on your own. So it's way cheaper. What I stand for is that if you can actually afford to go to college and take a computer science degree, by all means do it. But if you can't, don't let that be a barrier for you to continue in your education, because there are a lot of other ways for in which that you can achieve those goals. It might take you a little bit longer um, it might take you a, a longer path and a different path, but you can still accomplish a lot of the similar uh, experiences if you teach yourself or you go through a boot camp or you take on these uh, courses that uh, Gil had mentioned at a slow pace. But don't let the fact that you cannot pay for college be the barrier for you entering into this field. Now, one thing I will say about college um, is really going to be a degree is really going to be determined by the requirements of the job. So if you're wanting to start off in IT, I will go on to like these job, these job hosting places like Indeed, CareerBuilder, and just kind of look around at the type of IT jobs that you might want to get into and then go read the requirements. They're going to let you know in the requirements if you need a degree. So if you want to go into, let's just say you want to be a system administrator or a network administrator, you know, you start off at help desk and then kind of work your way up. You may or may not have to get a college degree to do that. You want to go into cybersecurity, you may or may not need a college degree. I have a younger brother right now. Uh, well, my two younger brothers, they're actually twins, but the youngest twin, he dropped out of college his freshman year. He works in cybersecurity right now you know, makes about $90,000 a year, has no degree whatsoever. <laughs> so it really just depends. The degree is really going to be dictated by the requirements of the job. Now, if you want to get a degree just because you want to have a degree on your wall, then, you know, that's all fine and dandy, you know, just for your personal satisfaction. But 
is really, like I say, it's really going to be dictated by whether or not you want uh, the, the requirements of the job because I had applied to be a professor at a college down here, um, UCF. I live in Orlando, Florida, so the University of Central Florida. And actually, they were, they were considering giving me a job. But the requirements was I had to have a master's degree in IT, which I have one, but they highly preferred me to have my doctorates. And the only reason I didn't go through further with the job was because I needed to know if they were going to pay for me to go back to school to get my PhD. Because I'm like, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> if you want this to happen and you want to hire me, then y'all need to let me know you're going to pay for it. If not, then I'm not going to be kicking out another forty, fifty thousand dollars for a degree. That's just not going to happen. So. But I could have got hired because I at least met the bare minimum requirements of you have to have a master's degree to teach IT. And I'm like, well, I checked that block and I got certs and I got experience. But if I want to go apply for another job doing something else, like when I did the research job, there was no requirement for a degree over there. It was just they really just wanted to check my background to see how much experience in IT and did I understand various systems in IT and that's all they wanted because when I got hired over there, I had more degrees than the boss than the person that hired me. I had more education than him. And they hired me. And then they also hired some other people who had zero college experience. They just wanted, but they had a lot of experience with IT, various systems in IT. And that was all that they were really checking for. So it just depends on what the requirements of the job are as it relates directly relates to you trying to attain a college degree and whether or not you believe it's worth it or not. So you had mentioned that you have um, quite an extensive background in teaching uh, IT. You now have a course, uh, IT Fundamentals, and you are working towards offering another program. Can you just explain to us with those courses, you had mentioned the help desk, what kind of job would you expect to get right out of it? And kind of explain what kind of salary range you might be looking at just uh, breaking into the industry. All right. So right now, I got a free IT fundamentals course on my website slash YouTube channel. And I'm currently working on putting up course material for A+. And then eventually I'll be putting stuff up for Network Plus and Security Plus. I'm just putting all this stuff out there. For free, or at least that's the plan, because my goal is to try to help as many people get educated in this as cheaply as they can, because, you know, the way we're the way the world is going, it's just kind of getting that serious. With the IT fundamentals, you're probably not going to get hired with just straight in IT fundamentals, cert because they don't really they, they teach you just. They just give you a bird's eye overview of IT. You don't really get into the nitty gritty details with it. I mean, it's still good to take, especially if you're wondering if IT is something that is worth it because the certification is only $123. A plus, you're going to spend a grand total of about $400 because it's two separate tests. So which is more affordable? $123 or the $400 to figure out if you like IT. So I tell people, start over here. And if you like IT, guess what? Everything you learned over here is going to be directly applicable to the A-plus certification and everything else moving forward from there, which will help make the transition easier for you. But assuming you got, let's just say you got your A-plus, your Net-plus, your IT fundamentals, your security-plus, and now it's time for you to go out there and get a job, and you want to work at help desk, you're probably doing like what they call tier one, tier two stuff, you know, just doing all the basic grunt work, running around, fixing printers, fixing basic computer problems, answering phones, 
you'll probably end up starting off around fifteen to twenty dollars an hour. Like that's just like the national starting salary within that range for somebody brand new entering IT. So that translates to about about thirty thirty five thousand dollars a year. Now I know that's not a lot of money, but here's what normally tends to happen depending upon how much you like IT, how much effort you're willing to put into it so that you can excel. Within about 18 to 24 months, there's a possibility you can double your income going from $15 an hour to about $30 an hour. And I've seen it done numerous times with various individuals over the year within about 18 to 24 months. Like I just said, it went from $15 to about $30 an hour. And then within about five to 10 years, I've seen this done countless times as well. I've seen a lot of people creep up to the six-figure mark within about five to 10 years. Like I said, my youngest brother, he uh, works in IT. He does cybersecurity. He makes about 90000 a year. No college degree, just you know, a couple certs here and there. Um, he's been doing IT for about seven years. So he's in that five to 10-year window. And he started off doing basic help desk style stuff. So it's highly possible to double your salary and then creep your way up to the six-figure mark within about five to 10 years, depending upon how specialized and dedicated you want to get with this profession. So what you're saying is that you start out with those uh, certifications and you work your way up. You might need to take a few other courses and get certified for that, but that's how you work your way through throughout the system. Yeah, yeah. So like I say, the search that I talk about, IT Fundamentals, a plus, net plus, security plus. I personally, you know, most IT professionals consider those entry level certs. These, this is just the base. Then after that, depending upon what path in IT you want to go, is going to dictate what type of certifications that you're going to need to get. And like I said, you go back and look at the job postings on Indeed. They'll tell you this stuff in the job description. You're going to need a CCNA. You're going to need penetration tester. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. And if this is the type of job you want to get, then, you know, you're going to have to go out there and uh, get those certifications. Now, excluding the current climate that we're in, in general, uh, are, there a, are there usually a lot of job postings in these areas? Yeah, so IT, I always say as long as we have computers and electricity, there's always going to be an IT job. And There's no such thing as a recession or depression-proof job, but IT, um, based off of what I've seen, you're not going to, the risk of you getting laid off is drastically lower than somebody who doesn't work in IT. Now, that's not to say that that can't happen, because I do know, I got a family member of mine who was a a well over six-figure earner in IT, and he got laid off. but it's probably because he was a, a six-figure earner <laughs> and they got, they got to figure out a way to save money due to everything that's going on in the world. That's, that's more than likely the reason why he got laid off. But he, he's not going to have a problem finding another job because even amongst all this chaos, this pandemic, IT still has to go on. You know, somebody, this Zoom cast that we're doing, guess what? Somebody has to make sure the internet is still functional so you and I can communicate. Uh, children, they're about to start going back to school. I don't know, you know, down here in Florida, they're talking about reopening the schools with the possibility of mixing in distance learning. So if the kids are going to stay home, guess what? Somebody has to make sure that the Internet is intact and all the tools that we use are intact so that these children 
can uh, can get their learn on through distance learning. You know, I use Instacart to go grocery shopping because, you know, I don't feel like going to the grocery store and, and then having people breathe on me. And I got, you know, <laughs> so but guess what? The Instacart app on my phone to allow for me to go grocery shopping, that's all powered through the Internet. So this stuff isn't changing. And so there's always going to be a demand for these jobs. Like you can just like I said, you can just go on. I always tell people, just go to Indeed.com and just go to your city and just type in entry level IT jobs or type in A plus certification. And you'll just see all the stuff that pops up in your city. That'll let you know, and I think they even have it sectioned off to where they'll tell you if there's an entry-level job, mid-level, or senior-level job. They'll let you know right then and there what's going on in your area, what type of jobs are available. And at least down here where I, I live at, there's a lot of IT jobs. And I imagine it's like that in various other cities around the country. Right. Now, I'm just going to go back to something that you had said earlier on, because although there are a lot of jobs, both entry level and for those who have taken the computer computer sciences degree, there is a lack of African-Americans in the field right now. And one of the reasons why I'm doing this is I hope to reach as many people as possible to encourage them in to enter this field. You had mentioned before that you were thinking about doing a nonprofit that would also help to reach these people. Explain to us why you see the need. Um, well, one of the one of the reasons I see the need is you gotta understand, like when it comes to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, especially as it relates to tech, there's only like seven percent black people across the board. When most of my career, with you know, with the exception of when I was teaching at the schoolhouse in the army, a lot of times I was like the only person of color there, or black person, however you want to phrase it. I was the only one there, and so, you know, I just believe that as this economy becomes more dependent upon the internet, you know, all the various things that are happening with you know financial transactions, e-commerce, even social media, you know, whatever app development, whatever. I believe we need more black people to embrace technology because this is where all the movers and shakers, this is where, you know, look at Mark Zuckerberg and the, and the people that own Facebook and YouTube, you know, they literally, in a sense, can control the world in terms of how we see things. Like, go to Google, you know, everybody runs to Google to research some stuff. Everybody goes to YouTube to, re- to look up whatever they look up. Facebook is the number one social media site in the world. And they, you know, what they allow on that website can directly influence literally billions of people around the world. But I just think more black people need to embrace IT and get into it, not just because it's something cool and you think you're going to become the next Mark Zuckerberg, but more so because this is literally a field that uh, IT in general is literally reshaping the economy and how we interact and how we do things around the world. And we're only going to get more and more advanced with technology as the years progress. I mean, we're in the year 2020. Rewind the clock back to 2010. You know, we didn't have Uber back in 2010. Now, most people can't imagine life without Uber. We didn't have a lot of things just 10 years ago. Look at your smartphone compared to your smartphone 10 years ago. They're almost like, you know, two different 
<laughs> two different species over here. You know, it's just unrecognizable the things you can do on a phone now versus what you couldn't do 10 years ago. So what do you think it's going to look like in 2030 when they're talking about bringing automation, artificial intelligence going to get more and more advanced, the, the, the robots, as a matter of fact, Walmart, they just put out a news story about a month ago. They are contemplating on getting rid of all of their cashiers and just having self-checkout machines in there. And the Walmart around the corner from my house I think there's only one or two cashiers, human oper- human cashiers that work in there, and it's like 40 self-checkout machines. You know, so now you're talking about being having job displacement by robots. Now somebody's gonna get paid, somebody's gonna have to get paid to go in there and fix those those machines so that they can properly do what they're supposed to do. But you know, all the people who are like who don't want to learn this stuff, well. It's my belief if, if you if you don't if you don't have a a skill that society deems as valuable, it might be replaced. Now, even my job is replaceable to a certain extent, but a cashier is definitely replaceable. So my goal is I want to educate more black people because all the other cultures, whites, Hispanics, but it's just a whole plethora of people over there that are learning this stuff. And I would like to see more black people learning. So that you don't get left behind. Now, you don't have to become a tech expert to the degree that I am, or you don't have to become the next Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg, but I at least want people to have a basic understanding of how to use computer systems so that you can overall enhance your life and you know save you money in various areas. So you don't have to pay somebody to come do this stuff. You know, I, I just want them to get more and more exposure to that, especially the children. Because, you know, the children, they're, they're the ones that are going to be impacted by this the greatest because they're growing up in this era where all they have is computers in their face 24-7. I got two kids myself. They, my, my youngest son is five. He, he's an expert at working an iPhone and, a, and, a, and his little laptop that I, you know, I bought a laptop for my wife and she gave it to him. He knows how to work that thing like a champion, you know, to get on there and look at YouTube videos. But... I want him to also learn about the ins and outs of the computer so that by the time he graduates high school, he has real options out there. So if he decides he doesn't want to go to college because whatever, he can jump straight into the professional field and be like 18 years old, coming out the gate, making $30,000, $40,000 a year, which is more than what most grown people make with the option of, like I said, five to 10 years. Maybe he's on the path to earning six figures before he's even 25, 30 years old. So that's, you know, I want to teach that to other kids, other black people as well, especially the children. And yes, you're right. Like tech is definitely the now, but it's also the future. And a lot of the future jobs, which haven't even been invented yet, are definitely going to be centered around tech. And Black people make up about 14% of the United States, but at this point, they are not represented represented in that same proportion like as people participating in the tech sector. They're definitely consumers of tech, but they're not the ones who are behind the scenes, who are actually making and influencing how um, tech is delivered to the general public. Yep. No, I agree. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I... Um, I started the YouTube channel because, you know, I have a lot of people offline that ask me about tech, you know, mostly family members and stuff. But I was like, well, 
I need to make a greater impact. So I was like, well, let me just start a YouTube channel teaching entry-level IT. And then, you know, kind of spread that around and hopefully it inspires younger people. Because um, I'm not the only one. There are other YouTubers that do the same things. But I would like to see more of us talking about tech and how uh, relatively inexpensive it is to get into. I'm not going to say it's easy or, you know, well, I guess easy is relative because to me, the stuff I'm teaching is easy, but I've been doing it for 18 years. But for somebody who's just learning it, it can be complicated. But what I've discovered is it's only complicated if you don't put the adequate time into studying and learning the material. You know, so once you study and learn it, then you'll see things will start clicking for you and it'll start making sense. But like I say, my ultimate goal is I just want to make it more visible. Like, yes, there are black people who do tech. I think we need more examples of this, of, you know, in the black community, we have a plethora of examples of professional athletes, rappers, singers, entertainers, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that stuff, especially if you're good at it and you're making money and able to provide for yourself. But I just believe that, you know, that's just not all that we have to offer. Guess what? You can, you can go out there and do things with your life with tech as well. And if we get, if we get these children or young adults exposed to this stuff to where they see people like me, people like you and people like everybody else, they're like, okay, wow, I can do this too. Yes. You, you have options in life. You can do this. And it is extremely affordable compared to the traditional route of going to get a four-year degree from college. All right. No, so I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up, but I wanted to ask you what specific advice do you have for, let's say a parent of a teenager or a preteen, what can you do? What can they do to start exposing their kids to tech and not just as the consumer, as I said before, but as somebody who is actually involved in the creation? Um, so if, if you have these resources in your area, you know, take them to like little science clubs or science museums or computer clubs or something, you know, just to, just to kind of get them introduced to the stuff. If you don't have that stuff in your area, there are all kinds of things online that you can look up that, uh, you know, you know, stuff like what I teach or stuff that is specifically dedicated to young people, you know, to cater to them whether it's on, on YouTube or on website, you know, you just got to go out there and do your Googles and kind of find stuff to uh, see if you can spark this interest in your children. Um, because like I said, they'll have an interest in the device. Oh, I got an iPhone. I can go out here and make TikTok videos all day long. That's cool. Well, maybe you can find them a video explaining, well, how does this actually work? Like how does one record this video? And then it gets put onto this app and then it gets seen by potentially tens of thousands of millions of people. And then how do they make money? Like, how, how does all this, how does all this stuff work? And, you know, if you can, if you can't explain it, and if you can find somebody who can explain it and make it relatable to the kid to where it seems cool, that might spark the interest in them. You know, obviously there's no guarantee because teenagers are flip floppy. They're all over the place. I got them. I trust me, I got a soon to be 14 year old son as well. He turns 14 next month and he starts ninth grade next year. So I'm trying to get him into it because like my son, he, he loves playing video games. So I'm trying to introduce him to, well, let's learn how to code so you can learn how to make your own video. Like you can still play your games, but let's learn about how to make them 
then you know, then maybe one day you might make a game that goes on to sell millions of dollars, and then we can go live the good life, you know. So, <laughs> so you got to find what your child is interested in, and especially if it's something related to tech, and then try to find a way to show them the other side of that. So just like I said with my son, he play, he loves video games. Well, let's talk about the coding. Let's talk about how how is this possible for you to play games with your friends. So when you hit this button, you know, whatever you did instantaneously, your friend sees it on the other end. Like, how is all this possible? So I think that's what you should do. And like I say, if you don't have resources like a local community college or a tech school that, you know, has some programs dedicated to young kids or some type of museum, science fair, you know, go out there on Google, YouTube and try to find something. But there's stuff out there you, you might just have to, you know, put a little effort into finding it and hopefully that'll spark the interest in your child. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is take the initiative, do your research as a parent, expose your child as early as possible. And if you don't know what's going on, find somebody who does know there's a lot of colleges and universities and technical schools out there where somebody would be more than willing to explain to your child the, the background uh, of the technical stuff that might, they might be interested in going forward. Now, um, uh, I'm going to leave all of your contact information in the show notes, but can you let people know how they may be able to reach you on your various platforms uh, if they want to learn more about what you do and how to get into uh, the tech field? Um, the easiest way people can reach me is just go straight to my website, Technology G. Uh, Somebody keep asking me, why did I name it Technology G instead of just Technology? Well, somebody bought the domain name before me. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> so you just type in Technology and then the word G, uh, uh, the letter G-E-E.com. So TechnologyG.com. From there, you have my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, my email. All that stuff is right there. All of my you see my IT fundamentals class and I got other little, I post about a brand new post or a video about once a week on there talking about something related to IT. Like I do videos about once a week on the channel. Cause you know, when I'm not making videos, I'm in here working on the course material for my next course, but technology G G E E.com technology G.com is how people can you know reach out and find me if they want to find me. All right. Gil, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. So that's it for this episode. Tune in next time where we will continue to explore intriguing careers. Visit us at winningwhileblack.com and check us out and subscribe to Winning While Black on Twitter and Instagram.